My most resonant definition for patience is aligning with the pace of change. Aligning with the pace of change. And what I mean by that is so much of patience has to do with our illusion of control, right? We have a, a limited capacity for control. We can control what we do on a certain level, as much as you are aware, right? You can make decisions to go somewhere and show up with a certain plan, strategy, a motive. But what others do, it's very little control. Maybe you can influence or manipulate. And then when it comes to life itself, our bigger groups or entities or the country or the continent or maybe your work organization, the pace of change for 300 million people in America is going to be relatively slow, right? The pace of change of a 20,000 person organization is still going to be slow. So in those places where the natural pace of change is meeting resistance with your illusion of control, there's an opportunity for patience. There's also an opportunity for frustration, as someone mentioned earlier, right? But we get to choose, and it really comes from seeing clearly, like letting go of the illusion, and also stepping into clear sight, right? So if this is what I can offer, this is what I have control over, my, my words, my energy, my disposition, right, and my actions, beyond that, it's out of my hands. It just is. And so if someone or some group is responding to those things that you have control over, in a way that is not aligning with your desired outcome, then there's a, a point where you can force, right? Which is the weakest place to be is forcing. Because now you're in a, an illusion. Force, which leads to frustration or any heavier feeling, or align. Allow and trust. Like what's beyond that? Because if you don't, well, now you've chosen a path that leads to more frustration, leads to more hurt. When you could simply allow and sit back in a seat and mindfully accept, okay, I'm gonna give this group or this person, the space they need, and the respect to make their own decision. And also know that my way isn't the only way, right? This starts to bleed into some of the other virtues and totems of mindfulness. Being able to self-regulate your attention and maintain the disposition of grounded awareness. So patience, aligning with the pace of change, aligning with the pace of change, not your desired pace of change, <laughs> but the actual pace of change. And maybe one of the easiest um, 
another easy way to describe this is you see it in children, right? They learn how to walk and then they want to run and they, they walk really fast and they fall. And the pace of change of the body, right? Especially or your early development is fairly set. The child may be able to push and pull it a little bit, but it's not instantaneous. And I think in this day and age of, right, swipe, 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 give me that dopamine hit of another entertaining video or one click buy it now, it's at your door later that afternoon on online retailers. We lose sight that that also comes at a cost. Right, somewhere there's somebody in the opposite energy, right? Rushing in anxiety to make the delivery happen. So I want to invite you to align with the pace of change. What does aligning with the pace of change look like in your life? What does aligning with the pace of change look like with your dreams? What does aligning with the pace of change look like in your outcomes? This isn't to squash your fire or your passion. It's actually to help bring you more present as you continue to have a nice, long, slow burn versus a very dynamic, hot, 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 unrealistic expectations. You're at the top. And then when reality sinks in, you're low, right? But very clear, okay. You can invite more ease and flow into your process, no matter what you're creating. And then it becomes about, oh, this, this process isn't me just getting the thing or creating the thing. This process is about me embodying who I am. This process is about the larger picture of life, which indeed everything is, if we're aware of it, if we keep our eyes wide open. How, how to control your own energy? That's an interesting question. I ultimately think it comes from meditation is the short answer. But when you're talking about the energy that you're holding, right? It comes from your emotions, energy in motion, right? And that energy is in motion within you. But the issue is that a lot of those energies in motion get stifled because we, re we resist, we don't align with the pace of change. We try to force fake happiness or suppress something because we don't want to allow ourselves to feel it. I also think it's a, a, a global reality that um, the energy is a collective experience. So right now, right, I'm getting a bit of your energy through your words and you're getting a bit of mine through the screen and what I'm saying. And it's impacting all of you, I'm sure, in very nuanced ways. And now you're calling it your energy. 
but we're experiencing each other. It's the collective energy. So as things come to you and through you, whether it's a thought, whether it's a feeling, whether it's someone's great vibes, someone's low vibes, it's all a collective experience. The question really is how do you disidentify with the energy? How do you unattach and let go of an outcome? And that comes through meditation. Um, neurons that fire together, right, wire together. So often we have the same thoughts going on in our mind, which are worrisome thoughts, usually from old trauma, old energy that has become stagnant. But we suppressed it, right? But it's still there. So when we get triggered, right, and maybe many of you have in this Mercury retrograde and all of the interesting um, things that have been happening lately in the world, well now you've lost control of your energy and it's just, right, you've gone back to when you were seven years old when that thing happened. I've definitely been there, right? But if you take a moment to sit in your practice and, you know, the common thing is to follow the breath or to follow your body, just scanning where your body is, because the body is always in the present, right? The body is always in this present moment. So in the Beautiful Souls community, uh, just this weekend, we were talking about processing anger. And part of that process was to do something called SIFT, just becoming aware of what sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts that are arising, right? What am I sensing in my body? Is my heart rate elevated? What images am I seeing in my mind? What actions? What feelings can I name my emotions beyond just mad, sad, or angry? Can I get to the core of what thoughts are coming? Because usually when we've lost control of our energy, we've lost, we, we've been taken. We are completely identified with our emotion, our thoughts. So if you take a moment to practice a grounded meditation, right? You sit back, just take a few breaths. Maybe it's easier to count to help you get out of your mind or to give the monkey mind something to do. So inhaling, one, two, three, four. Exhaling, one, two, three, four. You just spent eight seconds in meditation. And as you expand that, maybe you get to 16, 32, 64, and so on. You start noticing, what am I doing? I'm self-regulating my attention. My attention isn't just being taken each and every moment by any and every thought that comes in, right? Oh, I'm thinking about work. Oh, I'm thinking about lunch. Oh, I'm thinking about my ex or my partner or, right? It goes bing, bing, boom, boom. But rather, when you expand beyond the breath, now you go into the mind, into the, the deeper meta-awareness, the awareness of your awareness. And in that space, you can do what Mickey Singer calls sitting back in the seat. And if you imagine this being the plane of the movie of your life, right? And you're right here in the middle of it. That's being taken by each and every wave that's happening. But now if you sit back in the seat of your awareness, or maybe it's easier to show this way, if you go from being right here 
to here. Now you can witness everything that's happening, but you're not attached to it. Right? And that's what the biggest thing about meditation is that people maybe misunderstand. It's not clearing your thoughts or controlling your thoughts. It's unattaching. Unattached to the thoughts, unattached to the outcomes, unattached to the illusion, right? Like we were talking about earlier of, oh, I have to control all of life. And then you get frustrated when your illusion is dissolved. When really all you have to do is unattach. Even the idea of peace itself isn't just some mystical feeling that comes to you. It's being unattached. Because you're sitting back here not being taken by the things. All those things are still happening. All your thoughts are coming in and out. Energy's in motion. But you're not on those waves. You're not attached to those waves so heavily. And also understanding it's not a finite thing, it's a regular practice. But this is a big reason why I created the Beautiful Souls community. So that we can practice together every day. I lead guided meditations every morning at 7.30. And we take a moment just to scan the body, get grounded in the body, ask deep questions and open the heart with loving kindness. Because when you're in that space, most of it is just about acceptance. Can you accept the world? Does it mean that you stop fighting for the changes that you want to create? But on a fundamental level, for your own peace, can you get out of the illusion of unreasonable expectation and step into reality? Just a grounded understanding. This is the way the world is. Everyone has experienced their own traumas and they're all unfolding in this cacophony of color and sound and tone and timbre. And some you really resonate with and some are very dissonant. Right? Can you step in to that seat of your awareness? But also this practice of deep love, deep compassion. There's a, a practice called Karuna, which is, is challenging because you are receiving all of the world's suffering as your own, remembering that we are one, right? There's no separation in the energy. I'm talking about controlling your energy. It's ours. And then on the other side is Murita, which is empathetic joy though, right? Not only do you get to bask in the universal connection of maybe the suffering and the heaviness, but also the bright, beautiful joy, right? Maybe some of you are experiencing Mudita right now, maybe experiencing some of my joy, some of my peace, as you would say, my, <laughs> but just what's flowing through me right now. All of these practices are essentially dissolving the illusion of separation because we're social beings, even though we live in a world that's more isolated than ever, which is also a big part of the reason why people are experiencing more stress and trauma and hurt than ever, is because we haven't learned how to process through these emotions well. And don't get me wrong, I, like you, am always a work in progress, as they say, experiencing the full range of life but this practice has helped me to be able to come back to this space, the seat of my awareness, sitting back in the seat more frequently and ultimately has provided me with better mental health. 
which is what this month is all about. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. And it's a large part of why I do what I do. Because I realize that the, the core of our issues is that we've been delivered skills on math. We've been delivered skills on economics, history, biology. We haven't been offered many skills, not in our schooling anyway. Just how to be with your emotions. How to communicate your emotions. How to hold space for another when they're going through a difficult time. The tools we've been offered instead are judgment, war, black and white thinking. And if the only tool you have to approach a conversation with is a shield or a knife, how well can that go? Right? So meditation is really the key there. It allows you the space to be a witness to your own experience, which gives you the skill to better be a witness to the experience of others. And when you're in that space of groundedness, even in the midst of a large dynamic of emotions, you're better able to make wiser decisions for yourself. You're better able to make more loving decisions for yourself and for others. So, you know, when you're talking about controlling your emotions, I want to demystify what, what's really happening, right? Because a, a show could come on and you can turn your nose up, right? It's like, where did that come from? Well, the energy of that show, all those actors, actresses, the idea that came from somebody else's or a group of people, right? Now you're having a response to. It's not your emotions, it's, it's just life. <laughs> it's one big entity and learning the balance of being a part of it and also a witness to the journey and being able to self-regulate that attention and go, oh, Right now, I'm, I'm diving all the way in. I'm going to ride this wave because I'm consciously choosing to do this. And in this moment when maybe you get triggered or you get hurt, oh, I have tools and mechanisms to help me sit back in my awareness, sit back in my seat, be grounded, and come back to this at another time or maybe at a different angle. Right? So, with that, in about 30 minutes, if any of you guys want to join us for meditation or start a regular meditation practice, now is a great time. Because in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, the membership to the community is half off for the first two months. So, for what, practically 50, 60 cents of meditation, you get to be a part of this group of meditators each morning. And if you can't make the 7.30 central time, the meditations are uploaded to a library of recordings for anyone to listen to when you do have time, as well as regular sound baths, um, sharing circles and workshops. We just did a workshop on anger, which was really empowering <laughs> and impactful, demystifying anger, but talking about how to approach it mindfully. Because I think what many of us miss is that anger is a secondary emotion. It's the way we mask a majority of the time. Unless you're being chased by a lion, generally speaking, your anger is a mask for primary emotions, the seeds of your anger, which usually are about being vulnerable, rejected, hurt, or sad. 
right? Because another issue is that the social construct has made it okay to be angry, but not okay to be sad, which is why you may find yourself out in public hearing others often talk about how angry they are at the quote-unquote opposition, when really they're, they may be feeling threatened or rejected in a way or unseen by that group, but as a, a very different gender. So before we go, actually, I'm going to play a little bit, and I want you to set a conscious intention this morning. It's another mindful practice. It doesn't always have to be seated and silent. But what are you, what's your intention for the day? What is the framework that you're using for your soul to expand? A goal is a very targeted outcome, but an intention is about a state of being, right? So for instance, my intention is always to be a conduit for grounding, healing, and transformation. There's no specific outcome there, but it is about holding space for myself and others in the best way that I can in the moment. your eyes and envision all beings everywhere, all souls in human forms, all of the other animals on land, air, and sea, all plant life, all flora, fauna, all of your ancestors, all that came before us and all that will come after. And we offer this universal blessing to remind us that we are all one, that we are all connected practice the skill of mindful compassion and loving kindness. May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy in body, mind, and spirit. May all beings take care of themselves wisely. May all beings be safe and protected. And may all beings be peaceful and at ease. Deeper patience. 
open. You can sign up at a soul called Joel.com for the Beautiful Souls online community. And if not, I'll see you another time. Be well, beautiful souls. Much love. Mm -hmm.